0: Now Christianity has its 13th Apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? you be the 13th
1: Apostle? As I watched, thrones were set up and the ancient days took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, the hair on his head like pure wool. His throne was flames of fire with wheels of burning fire. A river of fire surged forth, flowing from where he sat. Thousands upon thousands were ministering to him, and myriads upon myriads stood before him. The court was convened, and the books were opened. Daniel, chapter 7 verses 9 to 10. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, the beautiful, and the true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host and partner in the Communion of Saints, mm. Dan Duddy. Hey, Tom. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Good.
0: Good. That was... Uh... Brilliant start! I could listen, listen to that all night. Well, kind
1: of in, huh? Yeah, that's why I I told you I I typed your name, and you said what? What? Oh, yeah, the Book of Daniel.
0: Book of Daniel. You're inspiring me to dig into the Book of Daniel after we do this episode. Oh, nice hot cup of tea.
1: Ooh, that's a good combination. You're gonna sip that tea, and you're gonna take in sacred scripture bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, I like that. What? I like that. I think I think Daniel's one of those books that, when it's not part of our life, points to a, an absence, a vacancy, a void in our life. It's a great book to read. Mm. You know, great. So, I'm all in. Thousands yeah. upon thousands were ministering to him, and myriads upon myriads stood before him. So. You know, you know why I, uh, I chose that, considering the topic that you uh, wanted to discuss. So have at it, brother.
0: Well, you're gonna put it in my hands after that.
1: <laughs> you're Daniel Actually, following up, Daniel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't now you're talking to the little tiny Daniel here that just cannot relate, although which is contrary to the reason why I suggested the Community of Saints, because by all means, we are here to, uh, to relate, right? But man, who could relate to that? Uh, what you just read, that is. The, uh, but truly in there, there is a relationship that, that begs us to, uh, to dive into and embrace the whole concept of the communion of saints is something tom and to our listeners that has hit this man dan duddy here pretty hard in the last i would say 100 days or so and i mean 100 days because it started with my deliberate uh, beginnings on january 3rd when i went into the the spiritual exercises of saint ignatius which i've talked about many times maybe too many times on the air but it was that impacting to me and his exercises are just so deeply into visualization, which brings us to the present and therefore the presence of God. And what came to me was and is the presence of the saints in heaven. And it it had just become so like the foundation for many talks since then, uh, and our radio shows and and so forth. Uh, I gave a talk, for example, Um, Gosh, it's such a blur Because by the grace of God I've been very busy, Tom, with speaking Out in San Antonio and uh, uh, spiritual warfare. It was a send off to the, the men that attended uh, a retreat that you and I had attended with Mark, our, our mutual friend Mark Hauck, mutual dear friend Mark Halk, and he had asked me to give the send off about spiritual warfare. And I found myself so compelled to talk about the communion of saints as our weapon, as our sword in this community to fight what was going to be an you know an inevitable attack on these men when they got into their cars and put their hands on that steering wheel and put their address in the GPS as they headed back home. So we we found so much strength in this. But okay, so in once again, in studying, reviewing, and digging more deeply into the community of saints for the episode, as you and I do, and now here you're hitting me with Daniel so hard, it's just so like, it's just once again that manifestation of how deep Things run in the Catholic Church and in our faith that it's just it, it never ends. And I went into and went into our catechism, but more so because we pray the communion of saints every time we pray the creed. And I've been you know when we pray the rosaries, you know I believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, the second half of the creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And I believe, and it might be bold for me to say this, but I have a feeling if anyone is like me, and I do believe there are others like me out there, we skim over community of saints. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. That's quite a lineup there. If this was a baseball team... That's a one heck of a lineup. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting, the cleanup hitter. So there is the communion of saints lying in that progression to everlasting life. And we need to do, I believe, everything we can to go in there and find out what that means. Because not only is it it's compelling on steroids, not only is our Lord showing us the, that we are included with this body of saints... Moreover, we are invited to know that we are included into this body of saints. But moreover, once again, he begs us to dig in and understand what this communion of saints means to us here on earth. So there's my introduction. A little long-winded, but there's passion in that.
1: Well, you're just carrying on a long tradition in the 13th Apostle.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I'm just making up for lost time because I haven't been able to talk the last couple
2: episodes. I'm just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was uh, that was good. I like that uh, allusion allusion to uh, to baseball and uh, I mean you know, I think that. Uh, well, why do you think that people breeze past? You said you know people tend to or we tend to breeze past the communion of saints. Why do you think that is?
0: I think uh, it's that's a good question I, I can only tell you personally why I did Because let me put it this way I never really became Heart to heart with these, this, this, The communion of saints Until I really started to hit my knees I'll tell you who inspired it Tom It was on our show like two years ago Remember we had Jeff Gavin on the show sure, and, and he talked about The posse of saints mm-hmm. That was like the fun He said we should by all means create a posse and I think he suggested five correct and yeah and we did and you and I enjoyed doing such and by doing so we really had to dig into what makes the saint a saint for us and what happens is the whole idea of charism and this is in this is in our catechism Today, the, the whole concept of catechism, which I was not aware of, it, it's the collision, the combination, the integration of charisms that Christ, our Lord Jesus, wants us to do with the saints in heaven and the holy people on earth, the saints on earth. So it's this wonderful, it really ticks off the enemy, excuse the term, because we are seeing our, Here. And satan knows us by our names but calls us by our sins god the father in heaven knows our sins but calls us by our names by understanding that we have a charism that is very very much like our saints in heaven and that our charism gets us to heaven these are powers and talents conferred uh, upon us by by our sheer creation now we're on the path to heaven so to gain a posse of saints as fundamentally, that was a kickoff to the game that I'm talking about, this game of the community of the saints from Jeff Caven, made me realize that these saints were once sinners and to come to know the biography of such and what they overcame to become our great saints, some of them doctors of the church, is just so exciting. And it just really, it sets a fire in the heart of us who are working for holiness have gained holiness through our, you know, daily dedication and devotion to God, the Father in heaven. And it it just compels us to really visualize ourselves in eternal life. And it's consolation over desolation is the outcome. And, you know, it just creates this incredible synergy amongst all of our friends. Hey, before we even started here, you talked about these coincidences of our, our brother Jim and these conversations with Jim and Brenda, his lovely wife, and Kirby, how he, he came into your life yesterday when you wanted to talk to Kirby. This is the communion of saints by the graces of the Holy Spirit that it constantly keeps us glued up and moving down that narrow path to that narrow gate together.
1: From our baptism. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. Well uh, the,
0: the, communion, the communion of the sacraments. It's our it's our baptism that that kicks us off. Yeah.
1: After this I had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count. From every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And Revelation seven, verse nine. So vision of a great multitude Every nation, race, people, and tongue. And this is Revelation. So this is the New Testament. Uh, I, uh, caution is not the right word. Well, yeah, it is the right word in some in some uh, context where, if we have this um, mm, imperious or imperialist uh, view of, uh, uh, well, that. Only uh, if we're like Calvin, the, uh, the Calvinists, where we there's the elect. And if you're an elect, if you're among the elect, well, you're going to heaven. Okay? It doesn't matter necessarily what you what you do. And no matter how good you are, if you're not among the, the, the elect, you're not going to heaven. Now, I have problems with that in a number of ways when I first learned about it years ago. And I really wondered how people could believe it. But obviously, many, many did, you know, following Calvin and after the Reformation and whatnot. But now here we go in the, in the New Testament where it says, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation, race, people, and tongue. Well, you know, it's hard to get uh, to to say, okay, well, there are some people who are in the communion of saints, and we're not talking about canonized saints. We're talking about, what we are as baptized people, uh, and we, you know, we think about what Paul wrote in um, in Hebrews. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So, this whole idea of community, and we believe that, you know, we're, we're resurrected bodies. So, it's not like heaven is filled with dead people. Okay, these are uh, 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 the human beings, once they die, if they're graced by God, then they're in heaven. And, uh, And they want, they know what it was like to be alive. They know what it was like to struggle, to suffer on earth. They all did in one way or another. Everyone does, uh, of course, and uh, so you know you would, it just again we're using whether something is not exactly chapter and verse, and there is plenty of scriptural um, references to support the belief in the communion of saints. The logic, you know, the brain that God gave us, we can conclude that. If we are going to be creatures of faith and we do believe that, we do believe in the resurrection of the body, as you said in the, the creed and everlasting life, well, then they're there. And you got to believe that they're not disinterested in us. You got to believe that they're interested in us and that they would, it'd be neat to find out when we get to heaven, it'd be neat to find out. Maybe, we could, maybe there's going to be a welcoming line, Dan, that, I don't know, maybe never mm-hmm. ends. And we find out, every one of them, we prayed for you, we pray for you, we pray for you. Hey, welcome, Dan. So good to have you here. I've prayed for you so many times. That would be a wonderful, that would be a mind-blowing experience uh, to have.
0: Yeah, and... We have to believe that we need to really make ourselves fundamentally right. Here we go into the dirt again and know that to be true. I think we overthink our very own creation where we need to really maybe take a deep breath, settle back down, get into the dirt and say, yeah, that is absolutely positively a truth that I believe will happen and celebrate that and live our life with that with that excitement. You know, St. Therese told us, Tom, that she was going to do her very best work for oh, us yes. from heaven, right? Yes. And, you know, I struggled a little bit with this whole saint concept and, you know, referring to ourselves as saints here on earth. But the catechism tells us something. If you give me a second, it, I'll, I'll read it. It says, since all the faithful form one body, the good of each is communicated to the others. We must therefore believe that there exists a communion of goods in the church. But the most important member is Christ, since he is the head. Therefore, the riches of Christ are communicated to all the members through the sacraments. As this church is governed by one and the same spirit, all the goods she has received necessarily become a common fund so we are saints walking among the saints in this body but here's the kicker i'm like i'm still i'm still not hearing us being saints me and tom i want me and tom to be told we're saints (laughs) but the (laughs) the term i'm reading i'm also adlibbing a little bit here as i read it the term and uh, paraphrasing a little bit the term communion of saints therefore has two closely linked meanings communion in holy things sancta and among holy persons, sancti, which means sancta, Sanctus means God's holy gifts for God's holy people. And it is proclaimed by the celebrant in most Eastern liturgies during the elevation of the holy gifts before the distribution of communion. The faithful sancti are fed by Christ's holy body and blood, sancta, to grow in the communion of the Holy Spirit and to communicate it to the world. You see, there is an inclusiveness there with us in the community of the sacraments and the community of us, the body of Christ, that makes us walking saints. One that we can mess up big time, but we are in it and we must be excited about it.
1: Yeah, I think that everything, uh, that there's so much that ongoing development of the same of the same theme and greater understanding and uh, so much evidence to say that well we are this I mean we're none of us were born we we're all born to be saints uh, God doesn't want to lose anybody and if we're before if in heaven well but even before is what church teaches our faith teaches you know with the, with, with baptism and you know Thomas Aquinas uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas uh, you know his understanding of the communion of saints uh, you know in, in he wrote a commentary on the uh, Apostles Creed uh, as in our natural body, the operation of one member works for the good of the entire body. So also is it with a spiritual body, such as the church. You know, because all the faithful are one body, the good of one member is communicated to the other. Boy, if there is, there was one lesson that every preschooler around the world, uh, or at least that age group, uh, could know, it would be that, that, we're all one body. I mean, it's the you know it's the human race. I'm going to sound like I'm uh, I don't know throw back to the '60s uh, <laughs> that you know it's, we're 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 all in this and what we do affects affects the other. Boy, it's tough that you know that sin. Okay, we got original sin, but uh, I don't know we we still have that concupiscence. Yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we do things. Uh, you know, th- people say that they wonder well you know why do we why why did why do these things happen but I mean you look at all these things all these forces and there's the, you know there's one main force the, you know, this force of evil uh, that, that wrecks things you know and uh, so we we're not so saintly
0: yeah and you know i I found myself saying several times recently uh in in some of my talks you know hey I'm just one guy and I realized that that is so anti the community the body of Christ for me to say that instead I need to in the spirit of building teammanship which I've been grace to do for so many years as a head football coach and what is so desperately needed for the church is that we commission our people to know that they are in the body of christ as you just said that our preschoolers should come to know and there's a there's a great consolation in that too and and a great warmth that comes from that but we must also know and i'll go back to the catechism everything the true christian has is to be regarded as a good possessed in common with everyone else. we So w- w- what that means is that we cannot disregard the fact that we do possess goods. And we need to, of course, be humble about that and understand that all good things come from God and we're not God. And let me go on. All Christians should be ready and eager to come to the help of the needy and of their neighbors in want. A Christian is a steward of the Lord's goods. Now, getting right to your point that you just said, I don't know if you realize how much you were consistent with the catechism. None of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Charity does not insist on its own way. In this solidarity with all men, living or dead, which is founded on the communion of saints, the least of our acts done in charity redounds to the profit of all. And here's the kicker, and you just said it. Every sin harms this communion. Right in line with what you just said from the catechism.
1: No man is an island. Well, we are at communion, and this poem Mm is, I don't think it's a, it's not a purely secular poem. But it's a famous one. No man is an island. Entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent. A part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. As well as if a promontory were. As well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me. Because I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls it tolls for thee. So, we are not alone, and yet uh, you just made a comment uh, before we got on the air about uh, a post that I uh, just sent in, and I was making the point in there about, one of the points I was making is, uh, and you and I have talked about this, uh, there was just another big study that came out about the loneliness, the epidemic of loneliness in the U.S., and that's so. Here we are talking about the community of saints, and we've got an epidemic of loneliness. And one reason for that, and I, I would argue that the, I do argue that the main reason for that is because people no longer believe. They don't believe that they are part of this mystical body, physical body. You know, it's, uh, it's. I mean, the incarnation is all about, is all about a body. You know, God coming, uh, becoming one of us. So you know, it's a physical manifestation that we could understand, no longer an abstraction. And yet, so many people—they either they were not church, they were certainly not catechized. You know, they they weren't brought up in a culture, and they haven't come across someone like you. You know, for example, to understand that this real special thing—I shouldn't be lonely. There are others out there, not just that are others that are like me, although there are plenty, that's why there's an epidemic of it, but there's people out there that want to know you and want mm-hmm. to want to show you that you're part of something a lot bigger than you realize and that's but uh, that together we can start to experience some of that great other. and of course, that other is yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah and it's all manifested where Tom in the, in the Eucharist, all left for us before the crucifixion, for us to eat, you know, eat the bread of life together in one community. We have the amazing power of the Eucharist. Amen.
1: Amen. Uh, Let's see if there's anything else you want to say.
0: Well, there's a lot I want to say, but I know we're running out of time, but uh, I do, the audience out there is listening. Go to uh, item 955 and 956 of the Catechism. It really is a great conclusion to hear before we move on to the Angelus on our next show. 955-956. Read that, digest it, get that down into your heart and your soul, and it's a beautiful conclusion to what Tom and I are talking here. To you, my brothers and sisters out there in this body of Christ, together with my good friend Tom and I, please.
1: Amen, brother. Okay, so we did say we're uh, coming up on the Angelus, and that's not it, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop there. Amen. What's after no. the Angelus?
0: Uh, your prayer intentions with uh, our friend Peter and Jimmy.
1: Don't don't worry, Peter. I didn't forget you. Uh, I wouldn't let him forget <laughs> you, Peter. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's great. All right, wqphradio.org. You can hear us by clicking listen live we're at 11.30 uh, Saturday mornings but all the rest of the program and the great program on this uh, great station uh, helmed by Mary Ann Harold and uh, we put all together with the help of Gene and James so we're so grateful for that and we hope and trust that you ladies and gentlemen are grateful for that as well and grateful for those those people and all the rest of the crew at WQPH that does it Danny you yeah, have a good uh, rest of the week. Yep, and you too, Tom. Talk to you
0: Thank you. Yep. God bless you, Tom. God bless you all. We're listening to 89.3 FM,
2: WQPH, Shirley Fitchburg. So we want to let you know how much we appreciate all your support you've given us through the years. We have an Eternal Life Radio Guild. And what is the Guild, do? The Eternal Life Radio Guild contributes monthly or quarterly, what they can afford to give. Our smallest one is $5 a month, $10 a month, We have people who have given us $30 a month that don't listen in even the radio area because they know the value of evangelizing and telling the truth as it really is, as our faith taught us. Our mother Angelica would say, keep us between your electric and your gas bill. We need to make the same request. I know some of you support EWTN and that's very good, but don't forget, we have a cell tower that we have to pay every month. The bill is now going from $1,100 a month $1,400 a month and that's a lot of $5 contributions. Maybe you've been blessed and you sold a piece of property and you wanna tithe something for God. What more could you give God but Catholic Radio in our area, we serve three prisons. We have a lot of people listening uh, that are older, They're homebound. They're in nursing homes. We really need to reach out to more people. So if you can contribute, there's two ways. One is to go on our website and hit the PayPal button and you can donate. If you'd like to be a member of the Guild, you can let us know. You can call us at our station, 978-343-0893. Or you can write to us at Post Office Box 589, Medford, Mass., and by the grace of God, we have just able to send out a big mailing of 1,800 letters to our supporters. But we need to hear from you. I know if even if you can say a prayer, that's going to help us. But a donation is very much appreciated right now. So you can send that donation if you're going to mail it to WQPH Radio, Post Office Box 589, Medford, Mass., 02155.
0: Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey@faithpilgrims.com. at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?